welcome to the Firmly Founded Teen Podcast, where teens get skills they just don't teach in schools. I'm your host, Joey Massio. Before we start, I'd like to remind my listeners that if you enjoy this podcast, please, please, please leave me a review on iTunes, like BB5676 did. Here's what they said. I really like these podcasts. They help me understand things that I haven't before. Also, what to do if I feel insecure in high school. Also, how I can make myself be in control of my life. I really don't have any negative feedback. These past few podcasts have only been helpful and fun to listen to. I like the connections you make. Well, thank you, BB. Leaving me a review really helps me out. So listen to the episode. If you find it helpful, then please sign into iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to and leave me a review. And now episode 10, how not to get walked on. A conversation between a door and a doormat. Good morning, doormat. Oh, it's Tuesday. Ain't nothing about a Tuesday. A good morning. That bratty cousin is coming over. What's wrong with that? What? What's wrong? What? He's terrible. That's what's wrong. He just comes up and wipes his feet all over me. Isn't that uh, what you're there for? But it's the way he does it, like he owns me. All carefree and wiping side to side. Everyone knows you're supposed to wipe front to back. That's the courteous thing to do. Front to back. Okay. How do you deal with him? He's not exactly nice to you either. Throwing you open and slamming you shut. How do you do it? I don't know. It's, it's just my job. But you seem to swing so carefree. And sometimes he's got his grubby little Cheeto-covered fingers. That would drive me nuts. I don't mind it. Don't mind it? What? How can you not mind it? That's just who he is. And I choose to be okay with that. But the orange fingers, the slamming. That's just who the little guy is. It's nothing I can't handle. I was built for this. That's why I'm here. To serve. And that makes me happy. You can't tell me you're happy with people taking advantage of you. I never said I let people take advantage of me. You pretty much said that. Something called subtext, bro. I can read it. Because that's what's going to happen if you keep thinking like that. People taking advantage of you. Going in and out of you when you don't even want them to. Uh, no. No? What do you mean, no? If I don't want someone to come in, then I don't let them in. I lock myself. Oh, right. Nice. Lock them out. That'll teach them. I don't do it to teach them anything. I do it for me. But you are kind of laughing on the inside, though, right? When they're just standing there trying to open you and you're like, ha ha, you can't get in. You can't get in. It's better if I don't do that. Why not? They deserve it. No, it's better for me. I'm not keeping them out because I'm trying to hurt them. I'm keeping them out to protect me. If they don't have the key, they can't come in. It's just how I work. No hard feelings. Oh, I know, I know. You should drop the porch light on them. Why would I do that to them for not having the key? Wouldn't it just make more sense to not let them in? Yeah, sure, sure. But this way, they'll learn a lesson. Ain't no one show up keyless to my doorstep. You mess with the lock, you get the bulb. If you don't teach them a lesson, they'll keep on doing it. 
That's why I secretly put dog poop on me when I know people I don't like are coming to visit. So instead of getting the dirt off, they get the poop on. You know what I'm saying? You uh, purposely put poop on you to teach them a lesson. So let me get this straight. To stop them from taking advantage of you, you become completely ineffective at what you were made to do. Now you're getting it. Yeah, that's much better than being walked on. And end scene. When I teach people the concept of allowing other people to be who they are, many bring up the fear of being taken advantage of. If I'm just okay with who people are, then they'll walk all over me. But this is a fallacy, meaning it's not true. The only way you can feel walked on, taken advantage of, or used is if you choose to feel it. You may be thinking, who in their right mind would choose that? Lots of right-minded people do. It's easy, and it's kind of our brain's default. A friend does something that you think is selfish, unfair, not right, or not what you expected them to do, and your brain will naturally go through how they shouldn't be that way, and will start choosing to be afraid of what will happen to you if you let them continue to do it. That fear can build even faster when you have other friends who are thinking that same thing and validating your thoughts. Your brain will think it's fact, but in reality, it's something you are choosing to think and feel. There are two things you can do to make it easier to not feel like you're being walked on. You can change your view and enact boundaries. First, changing your view. Think of the perspective of a doormat. On the floor, looking up, everyone seems higher than you, walking over you and not even noticing you. But think of the perspective of the door, eye to eye with people, letting people walk through you, giving them permission to do so. They are utilizing you, not using you. The doormat and the door both deal with the same people. They just look at them differently. The best way to change your view of other people is to give them permission. Give your friends permission to have weaknesses. Give your enemies permission to be wrong about you. Give your parents permission to ask you to do things or expect you to do things. Those are just the people I can think of that you might feel are taking advantage of you. Usually it's the people closest to us that we choose to view as taking advantage of us. But whoever you think is taking advantage of you, how can you choose to view them as someone you are allowing to walk through your door? The door and the doormat also view themselves very differently. Many years ago, I was talking with my boss about this very thing, about the idea of just allowing people to say things about me or do things to try to stop me or think whatever they wanted to about me. And she asked, well, if you do that, won't people just walk all over you? Then you'll never get what you want. And I looked at her in the eyes. We had been working together for several years at this point, and I said, Have you ever known me to not get what I want? She took a moment to think about it and thought about all the programs I'd built, the things I'd created and projects I was doing, all the success I'd had in the short few years I'd been there, and at how quickly I had risen up the ranks, so to speak. And with surprise, like she just realized it, said, no, Joey, you always get what you want. That's how I choose to view myself. I am someone who always gets what I want. And if I don't get it, then I don't want it. 
Life's easier that way, and yet still very successful. Changing your view on yourself and the people you think are taking advantage of you will not stop you from getting what you want. Keeping your current view of being walked all over is more likely to do that. The second thing you can do to make it easier for your friends to not take advantage of you, or anyone really, is to make and enact boundaries. A door has a clear way it functions. If you don't have the key, it's not opening. No one gets mad at the door for staying closed. They get mad at themselves for not having the key. A boundary is something you put in place, a request that if someone breaks or crosses, you will take action. It can be like this. If you are waiting for your friend Jill to get to your house so you can drive her to the movies to meet up with some other people, and the last several times you were meeting up, Jill was late. You don't want to keep showing up 20 to 30 minutes late to these events with everyone. And the last time it happened, you told Jill, the next time you are late, I will wait five minutes. Then I'm going to leave. Tonight, you wait five minutes. When Jill doesn't show up, you get in your car and head over to meet everyone. When Jill calls you and asks why you left without her, you don't get mad at her. You don't tell her that she's the worst or has problems. You just say, I waited the five minutes, like I told you, then I left. Them's the rules. You accept Jill for who she is, and you also accept and enforce the boundaries that you put in place so you can protect what you want as well. Even if Jill gets mad at you for doing that, you still stay calm, cool, and collected and just say, that's the way it works. Setting up a boundary happens in three steps. First, make the request. Some people just don't know what you want or don't want, and they aren't mind readers. So communicating the request is important. Hey, I'd like for you to be on time if I'm going to drive you places. Or please don't take my things without asking. Or don't copy my posts and pretend they're your own. Second, enact a boundary. So you've told them your request and they do it again. Let them know what you are going to do if they cross that boundary again. And it needs to be something you are going to do, not something uh, to have them do. It's not, if you're late, don't ask me again for rides anymore because you can't really stop them from asking you for rides. But something like, if you are late again, I will wait five minutes and leave. Or if you take my things without asking, I'm going to lock them up. Or if you copy my posts, I'm going to block you. You can always squeeze steps one and two into the same step if you really want to, if the situation calls for it. Make the request and let them know what you'll do if they don't follow through. Uh, you really know your situation the best. Also, sometimes the person isn't someone you feel comfortable making a request with, someone who is not a friend, let's say. So you don't have to communicate to the person if they are not in the friend or family category, but you do have to communicate it to yourself so you know specifically what you'll be doing. Third, enforce the boundary from the best place possible. Getting mad at someone for being who they are is pointless. They stay who they are, and now you're mad about it. It never really serves a purpose. What I do is just matter-of-factly enforce the boundary. Leave after five minutes, lock yourself up, block or unfollow them. You don't need to taunt or tease, yell or throw things because we expected this to happen. We knew it was an option. 
So why get mad about something that you made a plan for? I feel it's completely ineffective to try and get back at them or teach them a lesson. You let them have more power over you to the point of controlling your actions and you just feel negative emotions for longer. It's like a doormat putting poop on itself to get back at someone for walking all over them. Just follow through on your plan and continue to allow them to be them and love them for it, whoever they are. So to recap, if you don't want to feel that people are walking all over you, choose to be a door and not a doormat. The biggest difference is how you view yourself and the other person. Their actions could stay the same and you can just choose to think they are allowed to be them and I was built for this. If it's something you don't want to be built for, you could decide to set a boundary. But either way, feeling like you are being taken advantage of is something you have full control over. Mastering this is something that will really help you in the real world. I'm Joey Massio. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast and want one-on-one help applying these concepts in your life to help you get ready for the real world, then you and your parents should head over to firmlyfounded.com and sign you up for a free coaching call with me. It's helpful. It's a 30-minute call, and I can help you if you've got someone you feel is walking all over you, if you need to set some goals, or make any impossible relationships better. So again, go to firmlyfounded.com to sign up.